looks like it's going to be a relaxing evening. Sun setting, clear skies outside, and got good Pinot Grigio today. Okay, so either way, warning, this podcast contains adult language, mature situations, Mysterious benefactors, country bumpkins, anal retentive assistant managers, jaded former sommeliers, upper echelons of wine, and life lessons. Listener discretion is advised. of nature. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Mong Review, some podcast providing information and reviews about connecting enhanced narrative. I'm your host Zahn saying, hey what's up? Yep, we're back for another fun-filled episode and today is no different than others, especially because we're two weeks away from New York Comic Con. Yes, the big event, the big show. And well, so for those of you joining us for the first time, welcome Spark and Society for providing information and reviews about connecting enhanced narratives. Every episode will tell you about manga, how the art style is, how the characters are, and if it's worth reading or not. You don't have to agree with anything we say, but I've heard we're a little entertaining, and we've been here for almost five years, so I think we have a little bit of credibility behind us, just a little bit. Anyway, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.sparkin.com. You can email us sparkin at gmail.com. You can, you can email me at zanspirekin.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace. Uh, Bebo, all that other good stuff, including, um, what is it, uh, we're on Amazon, on Amazon.com, forward slash shops, forward slash Sparkin, where you can buy any of the old mongs we reviewed, so you can help us pay for the podcast, and you can leave us comments at M- iTunes, or at the website itself. Hey, we're here, and we definitely want to hear your opinion about the manga, those that we review in the podcast in general. Shouldn't slurp. Either way, as you can guess, I've been drinking again, just a little bit, because it, it seems appropriate, especially with this manga in hand, because, well, we should get into that directly, but, um, before I forget, today I'm actually drinking, uh, 1997 Pinot Grigio I got from my parents. It's, it's decent body flavor, it smells okay, it's not bad, you know, it's been sitting for a while, but. Either way. 
but breathe a little bit. So, I know some of you are like, when's you going to talk about fun manga, good manga? Well, don't worry. Hopefully, this will be it. I don't know why I spun this, but either way, if you remember from the last episode of the Spark and Manga Review, I spun that one that only do we love manga. And it dictated unto me that I'd be reviewing a manga, which is actually a spin-off of another manga with a very similar name. Now, this manga was written by Joe Araki. Now, that name may sound familiar. We talked about a manga earlier called Bartender that he wrote, and this is very similar. Uh, came out in 2007. It's still coming out. It's drawn by Katani Shinobu and Atsui Katsunori, and it is a, another wine manga. Well, actually, you can call it as Grape Wine Expert, which is what the actual title translates to, but it's another wine manga, and I'd actually say it's more of a Josie than a Senin. So, without further ado, let's review Sommelier, or La Sommelier, which is different than its predecessor, which is Sommelier, which was the prequel to this, because it's a sequel, but I digress. So, if you remember from our various talks about wine, wine is a very detailed and intriguing topic, and Drops of God is an amazing way to read about wine. It's engaging, it's inventive, it's different. Even though it's very shown in paint by numbers, this is very different. Really different. Uh, Sommelier is a story about this girl named Itsuki Kana, and she's kind of like an orphan who's returned to her orphanage, which is a wine farm called Roku Farms. She teaches the other kids there about wine growing and how the, they how to taste the soil in order to make sure it's good and basically treating the kids like they're really, really smarter than they are, teaching them about wine and how to make it, all this other stuff, this great farm. And she has this motto, which is, rather than through my work, wine is made by the forces of nature. What people can do is to not defy that power, but they must still shed much sweat. Very profound and inverse to motto, but whatever. And so she's there, and things are looking up, and this attorney shows up. He is Katori Yusuke, and he is there on the benefit of a mysterious Mr. John Smith. He's the benefactor of the farm, and also sent her to school. And he has been paying it for years, and he pretty much tells them that they're out. That, that Mr. Smith will no longer be paying for the farm, unless Kana goes to work in Tokyo in a restaurant. So, the choice is either leave the 20 orphans, the teachers, and the farm destitute, or Kana works in Tokyo at a restaurant for some bizarre reason. And you wonder, why is this charitable man so interested in this girl, and why is he threatening to stop supporting this farm, and what is in store for her in Tokyo? And that's what this manga is about. It sounds interesting. Is it done well? Not particularly. Because that's chapter one. And then chapter two, immediately, poof, she just, she magically appears in Tokyo. She's there, and she's met by the restaurant she's going to work at, the assistant sommelier, Kojimo Kenichi, who's essentially her boss, her supervisor, and they're going to be working at Restaurant Le Sport. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, so my French listeners, if you want to email me, zayansparker.com, with how to pronounce that correctly, I'd appreciate it. It's called Le Sport, I think. Espior, I don't know. But it means hope. And they go to this restaurant after she causes some hijinks, because she is a country bumpkin. She's surprised that they sell wine so cheap, and this and that and the other thing. 
She picks up some wine. She goes to the restaurant, and she meets the boss, who is Katashi Joe, who is this former revered sommelier, and he's now become bitter and pessimistic. And, as an added bonus, he was the protagonist from the original series, Sommelier. So, kind of a nice little twist there. He's become bitter between the first and the second one. He's no longer idealistic and happy. He's very bitter and just he no longer sees the world glass half full. Pardon the fun. They go there, and so she's going to become the new assistant assistant sommelier. She's going to work there at this restaurant and learn how to do things and run around and do all this crap. And she's working there, and on her first day, she meets this guy who's there who brings his own bottle of wine. Says, I want to open this wine because this wine was, I was supposed to open ten years ago when I was supposed to proposed to my girlfriend and I didn't show up because my father was sick and so I just use that as an excuse not to be with her this that and she ends up saying well wait this wine is good but I have a wine that will be perfect for the situation and she runs off and gets this wine which he drinks which is very unusual and it's actually called a Broly Cuvée de Faust uh, Domaine Jean-Claude Lapalou or the wine of the fools and he drinks it and suddenly the girl he was in love with appears in the rest, and she's now married with kids, and he lies and says he's married with kids, and this, for some reason, is understanding of the situation. It sounds vaguely familiar, doesn't it? Yes. It is verbatim to Bartender. Bartender I enjoyed, because it was, you know, it was about bars and this and that. This is more of a sappy of, let's see what's going to happen, because every chapter essentially has become... She walks in there, someone shows up, and she uses this wine to fix their problems. Meanwhile, learning that she doesn't know everything about wine because she does something wrong. And as it progresses, you see first, she's like, oh, you, your wine is good, but you are not able to see the heart of the drinker, and that's not what's going to happen. And that's what she learns throughout the, the chapters. I mean, there's some interesting wines, like a Bourgogne Haute Couture de Nut, DRC, Nittimber Classic Cuvée, and a Conundrum, which actually I want to try, because that's actually from California. And note, I'm talking about the wines, because that's really the part that you focus on, unlike with Drops of God, where they do talk about the wines. And I didn't really want to info dump you on that. I talked about that one wine to bring a point, because there are so many wines to talk about. And if you notice... In the show notes, I actually listed some of the wines so that you at least kind of had a vibe of what was going on. But my point is that this is just the chapter. She shows up with the wine and she info dumps for three pages talking about the history of the fucking wine. How it's this, how it's that, how it's wonderful and it's great. And how specifically they found this type of sand to grow the wine in. And how in this area, what they did in order to make the wine is they had to harvest this specific type of soil in order to make it the right time. And how this one was made because there was a fire and in order to save the wine they had to use these fans to blow it out wait no that's from a movie what movie is that from i don't remember fans if you can tell me about what movie is about a vineyard which there's a fire and they have to use these weird fans to keep the grapes safe email me i can't remember what it is i know i know it, but either way so as we said it's about a lot of info dumps i mean one of the stories was clever where they talk about how the fact that this wine was special because of the fact that there was a hailstorm and half of the the grapes were ruined and they can't be touched by human hands because it'll contaminate the wine so they had to actually go out on their hands and knees and using tweezers to take out the contaminated and bruised grapes so they get a better vineyard or something it's intriguing but for the most part it's kind of boring and Kana is just country bumpkin dumb I mean you get hints already 
who the mysterious benefactor is, and by the end of the first volume, you know who he is. She says, oh, no, there's no way you can be him, but he admits at the end that he is him. That was stupid. They shouldn't have revealed him. They should have made you wonder until the end, but they don't do that. What can I say about this manga? This manga is just, after reading Drops of God, it's, this is crap. Drops of God goes over every little aspect of the, of what you need to do about the lines, why it's important to do it like this and like that. This is literally info dump. It's like, and I don't want to use a wine reference, so we'll use something else. It's like going to the store, having an amazing piece of chocolate, and then having a Tootsie Roll. You're not going to want to go back to the Tootsie Roll. You're going to want something a little better. It's whimsical a little bit, but for the most part, you're going to want something a little more classy, a little bit better. The art style is nice, don't get me wrong. Um, Katani and Matsui make a very nice design for a lot of the lines. They look very realistic. The characters are engaging, a little more Jose-ish than usual. You even have a hints of romance, but it's not good. It's not a good manga. I mean, maybe the original was better. But the info dump is just, I don't know, I like Bartender better. Maybe it was because it was the first one. It was intriguing. This one is terrible. You do have some interesting lines and you learn about stuff, but I'm not really interested in knowing what the fuck happened to Kana and where it's going. It's not really even you spoiled it from the beginning. It's just whatever. So, with that in mind, after reading this manga and reviewing it, I have to give this manga a five-point rating system. Well, you know what? It's better than shit. So I'm going to give this a typical reading material from your local correction facility or psychiatric institute. It's got a few redeeming qualities. It does talk about some interesting lines a little bit. It's, not as, it's info dumpy, but there is a little bit of saving grace with that. And the drawing style is nice. Besides that, it's generic and it's just not interesting. I mean, if you like seeing the struggles of a girl trying to find out why this mysterious benefactor is, is giving making her work, at this restaurant. Be my guest. Check it out. I mean, the re Restaurante Paradiso fans will love it because with the exception of the one kid who looks like she's not even interested in everyone else's old man. So, you can check it out and enjoy it. I personally don't like it. I think it's poorly done. It's, uh, well, whatever. It's just not a very good manga. New listeners, I'm sorry, but I can't endorse this manga to anybody. I mean, it's not like worse where it's the worst fucking thing possible. There's nothing fun to tear about this. It's just mediocre. It's not even intriguing. So, either way, remember you can check us out at www.spyrokin.com and you can email us, spyrokin.gmail.com or me, it's anspyrokin.com. Facebook, Twitter is Spyrokin. Spyrokin Mom Review, just Spyrokin. We're on Google+. Remember, check out our store, amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash Spyrokin so you can check out any of our mangas. I'm putting a bunch of stuff on sale. And I'm actually going to put some real novels, including American Gods and maybe... Um, some of the curse high corpse delivery service who knows um, but either way with that in mind let's get to what you've all been waiting for I'm talking about that one that only the that's right the one and only the wheel of manga wheel of manga is a 10 slotted Wheel of Fortune, and what we're going to do is we're going to assign a manga to each of these slots, so that when we spin that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga, whenever no more lands up, that's reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin' Manga Review, episode 162. And, since Comic-Con is coming up, we've done something a little bit different. 
If you remember back in episode 40, we reviewed a not manga. Yes, we reviewed something which wasn't manga. Was it? Manga. It was an actual graphic novel. So what we're going to do is we're going to review another actual graphic novel. Specifically, I've picked up several graphic novels that are famous because of their Eisner winning capabilities or their just unique aspects. So we have Neil Gaiman stuff, Alan Moore stuff. We even have stuff by Stan Lee. So we have a nice collection of stuff. So when we spin this wheel of manga, whenever I number I land on this, we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review. And that's what we're reviewing before New York Comic Con. I know you notice that we skipped two weeks and we're going to do this for a while. It's just, well, just get back in the swing of things. Soon we'll be back to actually review. So let's see what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review. Number six. Cool. Even though the movie was terrible. So, in the next episode of the Spyrocket and Manga Review, we're reviewing a comic book graphic novel written by Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill, and it's made several sequels and a spin-off movie, which was terrible, starring Sean Connery. What am I talking about? I'm talking about The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So that should be fun. Tell me what you guys think. Uh, so, I guess this is it for this episode of the Spyrocket and Manga Review. Don't worry, I'm going to be sober next episode. It should be a lot more fun. And, uh, we're going to Thanks for listening. Stay classy.